Right. Values are the driver. So if you think about tapping into your values or people might say, what is your why? They're saying mm-hmm. like tap into your noble purpose of your values because that is rocket fuel. Yeah. If there's studies that have been done on it. That actually propels you through fear, anxiety, judgment. When somebody can't take action on a decision that they've thought through thoroughly. Mm-hmm. So there's six steps to it. They've thought through it thoroughly. They're on step six, which is action. Right. They're like, I can't, I, I, I can't I'm like, okay. Are you really tapped into your values? Your why did we miss mm. something that was important to you? This is why the head and heart is important because mm-hmm. I hate to tell you, you can intellect it through. Right. But those values, they live really, here. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Michelle Florendo here. And welcome to Ask a Decision Engineer. Listen in and find out how to untangle big decisions with less stress and more clarity. As a parent, in conversation with other parents, I sometimes get asked about how we can support children and emerging adults in making good decisions. Who better to speak on this topic than Amy Day? decision educator and executive director of the nonprofit Clarity for Action. Amy likes to say that she grew up in a decision laboratory surrounded by giants from the field of decision science. She's certified as a decision educator, coach, and advisor through Stanford Continuing Studies. Over the past 20 years, she has combined her native background in decision quality with insights from social emotional learning in order to teach emerging adults and parents to integrate whole person decision-making into their lives in order to get clarity and take purposeful action. Today, we talk about how to check one's decision fitness with a simple acronym, the four components of whole person decision-making, and what parents and adults can do to cultivate decision skills in the young people they support. Enjoy the episode. I'd love to welcome Amy Day to Ask a Decision Engineer. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here because I find that we are on the same wavelength on on many different topics, not only just dress. I I think it's hilarious that we showed up wearing the same color. For anyone who watches the YouTube video or or sees that, you might laugh. We did not coordinate this, by the way. Anyways. We're on the same wavelength because you and I both believe in making decisions as whole people. Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to just start by telling, telling the audience, what is it that you define as whole person decision-making? Yeah. So I think in a really basic sense, it's integrating your head and your heart into your decision-making, mm-hmm. right? So you're a whole person and people have preferences. It's okay that we have preferences about are we logic people where we're logicking it through? Are we going, oh, this feels so good. I'm just going to run with it. Well, what if you integrated those things and actually got more of what you want? Mm. That's actually really what you're talking about. If I bring my whole self, Mm -hmm. if I'm uh, driven by my heart, right? Yeah. I can lead with that. Go, yeah, great. This feels great. And I know I've thought it through. And these are the things that I want to get out of this decision. Mm. And I know that I can do that more fully now because I've integrated it and vice versa. So 
the, in their most basic sense, it's mm-hmm. integrating your head and heart. Okay. And, and there's one step further. And that is, as we know, hardly anybody is teaching anybody how to make personal decisions, how to make career decisions right. using this amazing uh, body of work mm-hmm. called decision science and called uh, decision analysis. Yeah. Right? And, and this is one of the things that I find really fascinating about you because you literally grew up surrounded by the field of decision science and decision analysis. Can you talk more about that? But I also want to hear, cause it's that field is not actually emotionally driven. So I want to also hear yeah, when not. did you start pulling this other stuff in? Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So like, I'm sure so many of you can imagine those dinner parties your parents would have, and you'd be maybe dozing on the couch or something, or you'd <laughs> right. be listening from your bedroom and you'd hear these adults talking and and in our household, I would be hearing people talk about influence diagrams that mm-hmm. they were inventing or decision trees, cognitive biases, yes. you know, Amos Traversky, Kahneman, like those people uh, in like big, huge thinkers in the field were in my universe as a child. So I had no mm-hmm. idea who they were. I didn't really care that much, <laughs> right. but it's so funny as I've as I've grown older, I've realized, cause I've, I've three 20 somethings myself, right. Mm-hmm. I have a husband, I have three 20 somethings. I get it. I, I like get the lived experience of being in relationship with people and making decisions together and the struggles yeah. that can happen. Right. But what's so interesting is at some point I kind of woke up and said, wait a second, I do this differently. Hmm. I had, I had one guy come up to me at a society of decision professionals conference a few years ago. And he said, Amy, you are a native of the Island of decision analysis. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I and we don't meet that many natives of the I Island am. of decision. Like analysis. I, was, I was raised as a native speaker. Mm-hmm. So, so what's been interesting for me in this process is actually to take what I natively do Mm-hmm. So I, I was raised in a decision laboratory and I'm happy or sad to report my kids were too. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just ask questions and they're just naturally like, this is what you ask when you're making a decision. Mm. So for me, literally I had to learn like an English speaker learning English. Well, what's in this? And then I started to step back further and say, wait a second, there's more that I do. Yeah. Because it was in the laboratory and I was, I was, doing personal Mm decision-making as a native speaker. So what else was there? Well, my heart was there. Mm -hmm. Things I, like feelings were there. Whether I'm I'm driven by logic or my heart, there's still feelings there of sadness or, but I don't, I'm I'm afraid. I'm I'm worried about regret. I'm more like. And it's so interesting because most people see emotion as, a barrier or the bad guy when it comes to decision-making. And so when those feelings come up, tell me more about how is it that you, you teach people to work with those? Yeah. So what's amazing is when people get into their feelings, I was just on a call with a, with the decision classroom this last Saturday. And Mm -hmm. one of the students got super in the feels, (laughs) like just what all this stuff came up. Mm -hmm. And I just stepped back and said, you know, are you okay? 
Is there support you need? Like I'm trained as a decision coach, right? Not as a psychotherapist, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, is this nor- in the realm of normal? Are you okay? Do you need support? Right. She was yeah. good. Good. Mm-hmm. So then I step into, this is wonderful. What are, what are those feelings? What's coming up? Because from an outside point of view, from a decision point of view, right. I could totally recognize because she was in all this emotion, she was not decision fit. Hmm. Wait, tell me more about what, or let's, let's share with the audience. What does it mean to be decision fit? Yeah. Yeah. So decision fitness is, is we're born into biology, right? Our brain, Mm -hmm. our heart. Are we hungry? I get hangry. That's my soul. So one piece of what we teach is my internal operating system. Mm-hmm. And, and it's to recognize that I can leverage this system I was born into. So it's emotions, mm-hmm. it's cognitive biases and recognizing ways that our thinking can be biased and affecting our decision-making. And it can be like habit formation. You know, mm. are, are we practicing the habit of this new thing that we want or are there some of those things, habits that are getting in the way? Uh-huh. How can we just recognize them? And it's built into our biology. Habits are trails in our brain. Mm. That's all they are. And so right. our, our decision operating system is kind of like the self-awareness that we have around yeah. our own tendencies and exactly. these things that are running in the background. Exactly. And it's running in the background, mm-hmm. but there's some easy tricks to say, Ooh, I can, I can take my operating system and I can use it to improve my decision-making so I can leverage it for good or it can impair me. So just having an awareness Mm -hmm. and, and rather than beating ourselves up, because I find people, especially in the space of feelings, like I shouldn't feel like that. I shouldn't feel, I should check my emotions at the door. Feelings equals bad. Or like judgment. Mm. Or even Why am I feeling this way? I should just get over it. Or that some behavior, something that's happening external to us, that it mm-hmm. means something about us. Oh. Like if somebody's supporting me, it means I'm inadequate. Oh, who said that? Maybe it's actually an op- maybe it's actually their thinking. I get to love this person I care about, right? We create stories all the time about what other people's behavior means. Right. And it's usually negative. <laughs> Wow. And it's wired in our brains for our survival, for it to be negative, to notice what's wrong is mm-hmm. wired into our system. Okay. So the, on the Serengeti, we're not eaten by some wild animal and we see a rustle in the grass. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Wild animal. Awesome. You're alive. Mm-hmm. Right. But to understand that things exist, sometimes we get to move forward boldly in, in a little bit of fear mm-hmm. or, or trepidation. Or anxiety. So it's kind of like by acknowledging that these are things that exist and they exist, they have come to exist almost for a reason. Like you said, survival skills, our brain is wired that way. We can start stepping away from all the judgments we have about the feelings that are coming up or the fear, whatever may be happening. Yeah. And just recognize if, if something's like there are techniques in decision science to actually de-bias your thinking. Mm. Great. Well, if cognitive biases exist, I don't want that trick. Mm -hmm. Right. I think the other piece is 
that we get super heady about all this stuff. Like, oh, it's yeah. social emotional learning. It's this. It's, you're like, oh my gosh, I have to get a master's degree now. <laughs> no, no, it's actually super simple. And I think that's the other thing we really, at Clarity Fraction, that that we really worked hard at. Mm-hmm. That I've spent so much time just digging in and going, how can I make this simple for people? It's right. not rocket science. So let's stop making it rocket science and make it human. Yeah. Right. Just human. So one great, one of the things that I love, well, actually, I mean, one of the things that I love about your work and, you know, for those of you listening, if you happen to get on Amy's email newsletter, she, she crafts these short videos where she makes things super digestible. And I I know that's something that's a hallmark of your work, because what you're up to right now is making this accessible to people, right? And especially for, you know, those emerging adults. I mean, they're, these are not people who are going to go and read the entire book or much less a stack of books. Like what's that happen in my no. background? No. And so tell me no. more about, you know, how, what are some of these key concepts that you've been distilling for right. emerging adults who are trying to learn how to be better right. decision makers, or even the adults around them who are trying to help <laughs> them? Right. Yeah. Right. Cause as a mom, I'm telling you, there are times I'm like, wait a second. I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm at a crossroads. They're emerging. They don't want to listen to me. And I'm at a crossroads and I'm feeling a giant swirl of confusion or stress or chaos mm-hmm. or whatever. So I like that there's that duality of like, yeah, young people need support. There's emerging mm-hmm. adults, like you know, 16 to 25, you know, they're like, they're just figuring it out. Yeah. And wow. If they could, I have one couple in my class who have a seven month old that comes to class on zoom. (laughs) It's adorable by the way. And what's amazing is I think, and I I pointed this out. I was like, she's going to be raised thinking differently about decision-making. So just Mm -hmm. to give you a little context, right. Mm -hmm. So there, there are really four areas of whole person decision-making. Okay. And there are four questions attached to it. So who am I, who Mm -hmm. am I? Like, what, what, what are my values? When's the last time that your listeners actually stepped back and said, what are my values? What are my, like my noble purpose values, community, Mm -hmm. creativity? Like, what is it? Yeah. Right. Do we, how often do we pause to say, who am I? I And, and to think about. Uh, what are my actual strengths? Mm-hmm. What do I bring to the table that's good and awesome because I'm me, right? Yeah. So when you start to recognize that, then you can say, do I need to skill build? Or maybe I could just invite people who have other strengths to mm-hmm. come alongside me because we're not isolated pods going through the world. We're in relationship all over the place, right? And what can I bring to the people around me that are my great, amazing strengths? Mm-hmm. And if you're stuck, not knowing what your strengths are, have somebody say, you know, I've noticed you're really good at X. Just ask, ask yeah. for feedback. It's amazing what people will say, mm-hmm. but it takes a little bravery to say that. And then okay. to also say, you know, like those are questions about like what I bring, who I am, mm-hmm. but then also to think a little bit into the future about the different realms of my life and where kind of, I want to go. Like maybe a lot is functioning well. And Mm -hmm. there's just like a little piece you'd like to like, I'd love to have this just working a little better. I think there's a decision out here. You start to notice decisions Mm -hmm. that are lurking 
So how can I get there? Right? So, so that's who I am. Who am I? There's how am I, which we've talked about. Oh, right? the, decision, the decision fitness. fitness. How yes. am I? If how I'm, am I? if I am tired, I know I should not make a, be making a decision. You know, I I, it. <laughs> yeah. A great tip is to say the word halt, which Ooh. stop, right? Mm-hmm. Halt. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Ooh. Oh, Support wait, I want to say that one again. Cause I, I that's, that's going to be my new code word for someone. Please take this decision away from me. Yeah. So it's halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yes. It's like a check for how am I? Just how am I like, that's a quick win. And what, when you have somebody in your family walk through the door, say after school or after work and they're like, oh, I have this decision. I'm really stressed out. I immediately go to the refrigerator and start making food. You know, I'm kind of hungry. Would you like something to eat? Cause I can know. Why do I feel like this also would work with my three-year-old because she's been super angry. And I think we've been realizing that she's just been hangry. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So it's a good check on how, how am I? Right. Right. Because then you can kind of go, oh gosh, this is really working. We need to feed her more regularly or like maybe she's emotionally great. Like the food isn't working. Maybe there's something she just needs to have more time with me. Like maybe there's some mm-hmm. other thing that's going on. You're empathetically guessing, right? right. But the first empathetic guess is, are they hungry? Cause mm-hmm. I know I get super crabby, yeah. <laughs> right? Just so simple. I love how this is such a good framework too, for, for those of us who are, are caring for other humans, right? Being able to check yes. in, how are they? And for the, sometimes people can't articulate and now I can also run through my head. Okay. If, if they're trying to get to a decision, right. Can I help them not be hungry, angry? And I think tired, I think something that's really a lot for kind of like our generation Mm -hmm. and I'll say in a broad sense, you and me, right. Is that many of us are sandwiched right now. We have kids Mm-hmm. And we have parents and we're supporting parents in as much de- decision independence as they can have. Right. They're functioning adults. And yet maybe things are diminishing for them. Mm-hmm. And what does that new normal look like? And how do they continue to be powerful decision makers, even within limitations? Right. And that's complicated. And I'm living that myself. So it, it's, it's literally putting your own oxygen mask on first. Mm-hmm. So the, the people like I serve young people, right. That's Mm -hmm. part of our mission is to serve young people and the adults who care about them because there is this duality and young people are not taught to make great decisions, but Mm -hmm. that the, the parent or the adult or the mentor or the caregiver, like, it's like they say on the airplane, Mm -hmm. every time they remind you, put your oxygen mask on first. Mm. And it's amazing how that shifts things, even in households to go, wait, I get to put my oxygen mask on first because that's actually going to make me a better supporter too. Mm. So this, how am I is not only for the decision maker, but also for the people who are trying to support. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So then there's, what could I, and I know this is about decision engineering. Well, that is the whole decision analysis like thinking right. about understanding the impact of your decision. It could be an in-the-moment decision that's significant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It could be a long-term decision 
that you're shooting for. And there's some little things today that you want to create decision habits about. Mm-hmm. Great example with that of that kind of decision habit making is people who say, pay yourself first, pull money out of your paycheck as soon as it lands in your bank account so that you're mm-hmm. saving every month for X, Y, Z, right? You see it all over, but those are, those are ideas that you're building today for a bigger vision, right? Mm-hmm. That's why vision is important. Wait, so I just wanted to tie things together. When you're talking about the, who am I? Yeah. There's a bit of the, what are, what are my own aspirations? And now that we're in the, what could I this is like the, the options generation. Absolutely. It's part of things. It's uh, what am I deciding? Ah, okay. Okay. It's what mm-hmm. am I deciding? It's what do I care about? What do I want out of it? That's why mm. values are so important. Right. Values are the driver. So if you think about tapping into your values or people might say, what is your why? They're saying mm-hmm. like tap into your noble purpose of your values because that is rocket fuel. Yeah. If there's studies that have been done on it. That actually propels you through fear, anxiety, judgment. When somebody can't take action on a decision that they've thought through thoroughly. Mm-hmm. So there's six steps to it. They've thought through it thoroughly. They're on step six, which is action. Right. They're like, I can't, I, I, I can't. I'm like, okay. Are you really tapped into your values, your why? Did we miss something that was important to you? This is why the head and heart is important. Because mm-hmm. I hate to tell you, you can intellect it through. Right. But those values, they live really, here. Yeah. <laughs> they live in your heart. Mm-hmm. For those of you on audio, they live in your heart. Right? Yeah. So that actually propels you forward. It, it integrates it and gives you momentum. Mm-hmm. So when you're stuck, tap into your values, tap into why am I doing this? Just ask that question to yourself, spend a little time. We do not mm-hmm. spend enough time thinking about what we're thinking about and why, Yeah. <laughs> right? So, so the decision process in, in decision analysis mm-hmm. is really a heady intellectual six-step process, frame values, alternatives, information, integration action, right? Mm. We split it out into head and heart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So in each one of those and, and smart org actually is a company that that's been a leader in, in kind of in business, starting to split Mm -hmm. those things out. Oh yeah. Taking the six lengths of decision quality. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly what does that look like at the head level? What does that look like in our heart? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So my brother, David actually founded smart org and and he's, so he was born decision in- analysis. It's all in the family here, but he is so heady. Oh my gosh. You're like, David, really? How do you feel about that? But they did, they really have divided it out and we've taken it even further to just mm-hmm. say, let's really integrate in each step. So to think about what could I, and what mm-hmm. else could I, and you're mm-hmm. still going to give kind of typical answers, like the obvious things. Then yes. you start to say, What's the craziest thing I could do? Ooh, <laughs> that's a fun question. So what's the craziest thing I could do? <laughs> so we gave kids a problem once they were like juniors and seniors in high school mm-hmm. about how would they get to school if they lived 30 minutes away? And this was like before, you know, Uber, whatever. Right? <laughs> well, so cab the was their answer, right? Okay. One kid, I was like, okay, so what's the craziest thing you could do? One kid said, 
I could have my buddy come over and push me to school in a shopping cart. Okay. <laughs> yes. And another kid said jetpack. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're like, why does this, so how is this helpful in creating alternatives for my problem? That's a real concrete problem of how do I get to school? Mm-hmm. Well, then you start to think, wait a minute, technology could help me. What technology have I not been thinking about? relationships could help me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And this was a real kid with a real problem. He couldn't get to school. He like went to a resource kind of alternative school and he wanted to go. His sister was there five hours earlier. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go with my sister. So it was a real yeah. problem. And then he realized, wait, you know, we had unpacked it. He's like, wait, my dad carpools, mm. he car relationships, right? Mm -hmm. carpools dad's carpool took him to school okay and the people in the carpool choked up because they were like we're supporting a dad spending time with his son because his dad Mm. works swing shifts so it's like they got the morning together for like six months every day I mean it was really meaningful that's head and heart yeah. But the, we wouldn't have gotten there without jetpack and shopping carts, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so really busting out your thinking. Mm-hmm. And so and I, I wanted to do some, or just, uh, I, I wanted to like recap for those of those of you who are listening, the things that we've covered so far. So we started with the, yeah. the values piece, the who am I? And then we talked about this. Um, My internal operating, I, right. Uh, the internal operating system. Yeah. How yeah. am I? And all those, those tendencies and our self-awareness of, of what is yeah. it that we notice about ourselves. And so now we're in the third component, that question of what could I, and this is all about decision processes or yeah. tell us more. Cause it seems like this, this piece is really juicy. It's super juicy. We actually created a, a personal decision roadmap that people in our class build mm-hmm. so that whenever they face a big decision, they can pull it out and automatically they have their values there. They have their strengths there. They have all the pieces that they learn in the class. It's almost like a what, compass or I mean, well, a roadmap. Like it's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what biases come up for them? Like just to, what is their kind of Achilles heel in the emotional sense for me? Like mm-hmm. I said, I get, I get hangry yeah. That's on my roadmap, get a snack. The solution is on my roadmap at the beginning. Yeah. Get a snack get some water. Don't Mm -hmm. freak out. Right. Like literally. And then I can go through it anytime Mm -hmm. and, and end up in action, which is step four. What are my first action steps? So it's recognizing deeper into your strengths and what systems work for you. And so that you can leverage what works, not beat yourself up for what doesn't work. We spend a lot of time beating ourselves up as humans. So how can we shift into a space of power and power in decision-making, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. um, what's funny is when we made this system, values, my internal operating system is I, so values mm-hmm. V, I, decision process is D and action is A, it spells Vita, yeah. <laughs> which is life in <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, so we call it the Vita method actually. And it's just yeah. bringing that stuff together. I think one one thing I would love to just give the community mm-hmm. is 
there's a great distinction between a decision and an outcome. And I think, yes, actually, I want one of the things that I, I wanted to make sure that we talked about, cause you and I both have been steeped in decision yeah. analysis for a really long time, but there are certain things that, that people get wrong about decision-making. And there's that piece around how, how people attach outcomes and the quality of our outcomes to the quality of our decisions. And so, yes, right. There's a disconnect. To- there's okay. a disconnect, right? So we think I did really well on the test. Mm-hmm. I must have studied really well, or I must know the material really well, or I did really poorly on a test. I suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So if you take that simple, simple example, we think that if somebody does poorly on a test, a, a parent might say to them, well, you didn't make good choices this week, or you did a bad job. You're not a good student. The student might feel that way, right? We Mm -hmm. judge it on the outcome. Mm -hmm. That student could have spent every night of the week, said no to friends going out, all these things and done everything right about studying. So what Mm -hmm. happened between studying and test? What happened? There was a gap there. Well, it's uncertain. We don't ever actually know how something's going to turn out. There's uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And it could be, right? And it's a learning cycle. It could be that the student actually studied the wrong things, mm. right? Just didn't, under, didn't take good notes and didn't study the right things. Maybe the teacher actually gave them the wrong test. They gave them last year's test and the teacher had covered different material. Maybe everybody bombed the test, right? There's these uncertain things that we don't know that are influencing this outcome. And when we get an outcome, it can be, we can have a, we have a human experience, right? Mm -hmm. We all know when we've made a a great decision, great outcome, we're like, yay, right? Right. That's a symptom of like, oh, maybe I did something right here. Mm -hmm. I worked hard. I got great results. Something's lining up. Yeah. And we know when we've made a bad decision and had a bad outcome, right? I'm texting and driving. I hit the car in front of me. It's like, that was a bad idea. And I had a bad outcome. Mm -hmm. And we're like, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) That was a bad, we know, we know, we know when that happens. Like, but the other two spaces are you make a bad decision. You have a good outcome. This is a dangerous space. Mm-hmm. Like uh, two days ago, joyriding. Yeah. And don't get caught. <laughs> Teenagers joyriding, don't get Still caught. not a good decision. Right. Good. De- <laughs> oh, it's a great decision. Or I text and drive all the time, but I'm magical and it works. That's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. You've survived every time, but statistically, you're actually going to have an accident at some point, like statistically mm-hmm. the numbers don't lie. You're creating bad luck, even though this time you had a good outcome, you're creating bad luck. Mm. The odds are against you. And then there's the super bummer space of like really sad. You work really hard and you have a bad outcome mm-hmm. that I studied super hard and I got a bad grade on a test or Um, I gave it my all. I didn't get into the college I wanted. Yeah. 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 Or even like for, 
I worked part time. I stayed home. I helped. I like was really focused on my kids and having balance. Mm -hmm. And now I don't know what to do. And I, maybe that was a bad decision. Mm. We're not very kind to our former self either, by the Mm -hmm. way, like, well, was it a bad decision? Like who were, who was the person who was making the decision at the time? Right. We call that decision aftercare, by the way, we have the (laughs) in action. Like, like you have an outcome. Okay. Let's unpack it. What, Mm. what did you learn? What would you like to change next time? I had a conversation once with my son who called me said, this is how I know they were born in the laboratory, by the way, Mm -hmm. mom, I made a good decision. I just experienced a really bad outcome. (laughs) Mm. I was like, Oh oh my goodness, I did it. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I said, I said, okay, would you do it? Would you do it differently next time? Like we really unpacked the decision. Mm -hmm. Would you do it again next time? The same way? Yeah. I said, then your job is to persevere. Like that's actually your job is to persevere when you're in this moment. Uncertainty exists. Mm-hmm. That's why some people win the lottery and some people get struck by lightning. It's uncertain, right? Yeah. That's an extreme example, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just these odds that are playing in the background right. to this day. This is probably seven years ago to this day. I have no idea what the decision was. <laughs> <laughs> like he just described like, yeah. good, just like, we just talked about, well, would you do it differently? Mm-hmm. Did you look at your options? Do you know yeah. something now that you didn't know before? Right. Mm-hmm all of it. Nope. I would do the same thing. Great. Then do the same thing. It's so funny that you, you don't know the decision, but also you didn't need to, because as you're, as you're supporting your son or, you know, like these, these right. young emerging adults in developing the skills, you don't have to know exactly what they're going through. You're just supporting them and implementing this process. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And so kind of, I'm back to the whole put your oxygen mask on first. Mm. No, no. Like as, as adults or as caregivers or mentors, we are like, we are our child's first teacher and we teach them through our behavior and what we say and how we react. And so next time they bomb a test, say, well, what happened? How was your decision-making? Point to the decision. That's where we have power. Mm-hmm. That's where we have power to create possibility, to create options, right. but ultimately just to pursue m- the most of what we want and we won't always get it, mm-hmm. but we're going to pursue it passionately. Yeah. We're back to that heart, to those values, passionately pursue it with your mind and your heart and, and execute mm-hmm. and and just be kind to people. They, people are just who they are. Like, like really receiving people. I have a son who's like, that's too many words, mom. <laughs> so, like, okay. And another one, could we talk for another hour? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. I'm dealing with a visual person and an auditory person. Great. If I'm communicating, I get to receive them how they are and deliver in a way that's meaningful that they can hear. Mm-hmm. and receive it, yeah. but ultimately be kind to yourself mm. and, and just leave knowing you're the decision maker. So I have a, a page on my website to just 
people can download this handout yes. and I have a little video clip, like mm-hmm. to just kind of describe it. And the, that is exactly what we do in the decision classroom that we do online. Please, please share with the audience more about this decision classroom. Who is it for and what is it that they can get out of it? Yeah, the decision classroom is for parents who are at a crossroads and parents of emerging adults. Like, I think there's this moment in life where parents and young people are both at a crossroads. Kids are launching. They don't want to listen to their parents anymore. They want to be independent. And the parents are at a crossroads about what's next in my life. Mm. What's, what's the next great adventure I'm going to create. Yeah. So we created this classroom to really support this dual situation mm-hmm. where people can access it online. It's seven weeks long. It's self-paced. There's maybe 30 minutes a week of video and a workbook for you to just reflect on these different things we've talked about to really understand what's going on for you. And then we have group calls once a week and just a couple of one-on-ones. If people would like that, great. But it's really to make it accessible in a way that, that works for you, the learner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've made it affordable. We're a nonprofit. We've made it affordable so that anybody can get access to great decision skills to create the life that you want to create the great future for yourself and your family. Awesome. Awesome. And so last question, if people want to find out more about you or find you on the interwebs, what's the best way to find you, Amy? Clarityforaction.org. And that's with a number four. Yes. The word four. Right. Clarity for number four action.org. And Amy, A-M-Y at clarity for number four action dot org and um yeah and come to our website and get that link to the the great download i assume you'll have the download on your page michelle Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so come to our website or just click through there's a link on the link in the show notes yeah thanks awesome well amy again i I have so much fun anytime we're on a call. I know. And we, we riff about very similar things. And I think this work that you're doing, especially for these parents who are at a crossroads and their kids are at a crossroads is such a unique, but also important point in time for people. And so I'm so glad that you've created these resources for this audience. Thank you so much. And please reach out if you need support. We're here to help. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you heard something today that you found helpful, please share this episode or write a review. Also, if you're interested in more resources on how to make decisions with less stress and more clarity, like my quick start guide for untangling big decisions or the decision-making courses I teach, check out the show notes or go to askadecisionengineer.com to sign up for the mailing list. Be sure to check out the other episodes this season. Next week, I'll be in conversation with Ralph Keeney, global decision-making expert and author of multiple books on decision-making, where we'll discuss a number of quick ways you can nudge yourself to make better decisions. Again, this is Michelle Florendo from Ask a Decision Engineer. Thank you for listening. 
and I'll see you in the next episode.